I don't say it nearly enough, so I gotta remind you that if you want to watch these minutes along with us, just go over to the Instagram. The link is in the description. Uh, but if you want to search it up, it's I Love You 3000 Minutes, obviously. This is I Love You 3000 Minutes, the podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Richard. And this is the podcast that traveled back in time, endgame style, through the quantum realm with all them Pym particles to rewatch. The entire Infinity Saga from Iron Man 1 to Spider-Man Far From Home, one glorious minute at a time. This is minute 23. And Richard, what happened? I'm just kidding. We haven't watched it. Allow us to watch it. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) And with the magic of editing, we're back. Richard, what happened in that minute? Well, um, goes pretty fast to Stark and... Jensen. Jensen back in the cave discussing it discussing whether or not he's gonna do it he says do what well they they it's pretty nuanced he's saying you know your weapons are in their hands are you going to let them just use them blah 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 and then stark is a little bit more bleak at this moment he says uh you know not i'm going to die in a week anyway like i'm not There's gonna nothing do i can do they're gonna kill me and right. if not i'll be dead in a week anyway mm-hmm. um and then, what does Jensen say after that? Then this is a very important week. Yeah. And then we get... I, I literally love how magnificent this small little change is. If you're... I'll explain uh, what it is for audio, but for video, it was just this. How he's looking down, slightly dejected, and after Jensen says that, he just goes... Just a little up. Just the angle of his eyes changed, and it was, with the help of the music, it was a super powerful moment. But that, for audio listeners, if you go to the Instagram and look at it, it's at the 52-second mark of the minute. Before we get into the cave. Uh, cave again, we get a shot of Boss of a Boss looking on, stroking his ring, which is on the right ring finger, in a... Uh, out of focus shot and yeah we cut to a fire in the cave these hats they're i mean first tony stark has like a beanie on in this cave and what kind of hat is this the it's like a golfer's hat a golfer's hat and that might be a turban on stark's head <clears throat> might, uh, can't tell what the the, the back half dark. is always dark yeah. yeah um but yeah he gives this gives him this magnificent speech which I'm just going to play into our AirPods and say it as it goes, because we don't have the subtitles. I'm sure they're looking for you, Stark, but they will never find you in these mountains. Look what you just saw. That is your legacy, Stark. Your life's work in the hands of those murderers. Is that how you want to go out? Is this the last act of defiance of the great Tony Stark? Or are you going to do something about it? And then he says, can't do anything, they're going to kill me. And that whole thing, which you already covered. But I like I like that. I mean, considering Jensen's uh, backstory, which we're going to get to in a few minutes. I like that he goes from, you know, the not truly caring or seeming to, being a little rough around the edges, and then changes into... <laughs> The wind beneath Tony's wings, mm-hmm. per se. 
Uh, I think it was important that Tony was clever enough to know that they weren't going to set him free. Perhaps that gave uh, Jensen a new perspective on him. Maybe when he was passed out, Jens is like, this is just... I've I've met this guy. He's a drunk. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, We see later in Iron Man 3 that he's pretty just disrespectful to everybody. You know, his his pre-Iron Man ego. And now that he sees him sober and he his few things seeing it are they have my guns, how do they get my guns? And I know they're gonna kill me if I do this for them. Mm-hmm. So that that was a nice way possibly for Jensen to see a different light of him. Well, I mean, also when we first see Jensen, he's been living in a cave for a number of months. He's probably just over living in a cave. He's like done like oh. he did the thing, he saved Stark's life, he's has you know, medical experience, a medical background, obviously very skilled in that field. So he saves Stark's life, and he's just like, hey, bro, you're awake in a cave. Good luck. What's up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, you for know. sure. But, like, I guarantee he was like, they told him, you can save his life. If you don't save his life, we kill you. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they value a guy who could possibly put together a Jericho missile for them much more than the guy who can give you stitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at that point, he was forced to do it. At least that's my interpretation based on how, you know, rough around the edges he was. His bedside manner was not <laughs> nice mm-hmm. or comfy. Uh, but you know, what changed to Jensen for Jensen to go from? I wouldn't do that if I were you. Oh look, here the walk. I got some souvenirs. To Hey, you need to do something. He hasn't. Jensen has nothing to live for. We'll find that out in the later minutes when he explains to Tony. He has no future. He sees himself as dying soon. So, what is he? What changed to make him become this motivational force? I think it's saying that Tony Stark had his knee jerk priorities were. Why do they have my guns? And I know I'm not stupid enough to fall for this trick and make a missile for you, thinking that it'll give my give me my uh, freedom. You know, a lot of people who are kidnapped or you know put in situations like this, they are panicking to the point that they believe these lies. So, yeah. Uh, I think Jensen's always had that motivational force in him. It's just that when Tony first comes to, he's been waiting for Tony to wake up for, what, like 30 hours or something? Like, how long was Tony asleep? We don't know. And all that time, he's just chilling in a cave. And and Tony wakes up and he's shaving because he has nothing better to do. He's like, he has nowhere to be, you know? And well, I mean, yeah, I, I know at his core, this is Jensen. Mm-hmm. But I just see that rough-around-the-edges treatment as him treating Tony accordingly. You know, he he met someone who is a drunk mm-hmm. and not respecting his surroundings. If he needed to make a speech, you know, very mm-hmm. disrespectful to be just off your ass drunk even before doing it. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, eh, this isn't... This person might not be worth my time. Mm-hmm. Truthfully. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he meant any of that in disrespect when Tony was waking up. That's what I've been trying to say. I got I got <laughs> your point of view. I'm just yeah. explaining my differing point of view about it. Mm-hmm. 
And I've never looked so deeply into this difference in character of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, except in these minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, if you put a, put me down for a quiz and said, uh, how, how did Jensen treat Tony in the first scene? How did you take that? I was like, oh, he was great. He's a great mentor the entire time. In the first scene? No, that's that would have been my answer before mm-hmm. rewatching it like this. Gotcha. Is like no, he he was not <laughs> yeah, yeah short with him ever. He was a he was the moral center, mm-hmm. but in in the nuance, he's he's a little shorter with him when he wakes up mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then after all mm-hmm. that, I just love you know it's nice filmmaking where you get these moments where you think he's changed his mind you don't get it verbally and you get answer the answer or let me say the question of is he changing his mind is answered with an edit we get just a straight cut to a lot of busy work a lot of people uh oh i was gonna be so excited and be like jensen wipes his forehead of sweat but no he's got like a book in his hand, or oh, papers okay. in his hands. Gotcha. And then also, what's that hat on Tony at the end of this minute? It's so fancy. He found a better hat. <laughs> it's just some random hat lying around camp. No one wanted it anymore, I guess. Yeah, let's. And then let me be reminded of what he says at the end. We cut and with a nice music cue. This will be my workstation. It'll. It needs to be well lit. He needs welding gear. He he doesn't care. And let me just scroll back. Let me see if Jensen had a vest on. No, he had a jacket again, and maybe a tie at the beginning of this minute. Like his his shirt is buttoned up. What? Are, these people are mad. He has a tie again. Why does Jensen have a tie? Dude, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know why people wear that. Like in the Middle East, they wear large gowns in the Middle East too. Like, I mean, and, yeah, and turbans they, because it just stops the sun. From, I mean, they're underground right here, you know. Yeah, I it's just, dark, I, I want to, I, I genuinely want to know, like, in his character, what uh, went into informing his character, th- saying he has been a kidnap victim for so long, and yet he still takes the time to tie a tie. Mm-hmm. And he pulls it up all the way, mm-hmm. like he he's dressing like Sam Raimi on the set of a movie. Like Sam Raimi comes to work in a tuxedo or a suit to give respect to everyone he's working with, mm-hmm. no matter the conditions. This, t- <laughs> I feel like he was kidnapped in those clothes, and he's like, "All right, I, I'm you know might die pretty soon. I'm just gonna wear these for the for the last ride." All mm-hmm. right, I <laughs> I would have thrown that tie away. <laughs> months ago i would have been like that's so fucking hot in here i can't wear this tie i'm not retying this tie i'm never putting this tie back on i mean every character in all the frames has long sleeves on you know what i mean yeah it's just the last place i would have expected a kidnap victim to be wearing a tie Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what i've got for this minute richard yeah i think i'm good all right that was minute 20 Three. I'm Richard. I'm Brian. You've got an army. We've got a podcast.